Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boule. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boule. As always, we're late. I know. I'm sorry. It's my fault. It's finals week and work schedule switching up last second. By the time we would have been able to record after the Nashville game, it would have been like 3 a.m. for me. Had to be up early. So we're doing it now. It's a few hours late. It's my fault. It's not going to happen again. Not going to affect Tuesday or Wednesday or anything like that. We're going to be fine. So the Avalanche, just getting on topic, they did fine over the last couple of days. They go one and one since the last episode. A not great performance against Buffalo, but a very strong bounce back against Nashville and looks like they're doing all right for themselves. Yeah. The, I don't even think the Buffalo game was really uh, a bad performance. It was just, they got the shots. They just couldn't finish any opportunity. It seemed like in that game. It's just, they weren't executing anything yeah. at all. It seemed like this, everything seemed off. McCarr seemed off ranting and he had a goal, but he's just, didn't seem fully himself. It's just, it's not the abs were accustomed to. No, it, it was a very weird game. I mean, you had Tage Thompson in what the first 10 seconds, just undress Georgiev. Like that was disgusting. Um, and I knew once that one went in, I was like, this is going to be a long night. It is going to be a long night. And uh, the abs made interesting near the end, but it was just a little bit too late. Yeah. I mean, it was exactly at that point. It's like, if you're not marking Tage Thompson every time he's on the ice, especially in the first minute of the game and letting him get that wide open, you can tell heads are not in the game at this point. It set the tone for the rest of the game. Honestly, I think the stat line is incredibly misleading in this oh, game. Yeah. Yes, the Avs got a ton of shots and the Sabres didn't, but the Sabres just, to put it simply, the Sabres straight up wanted this game more. The Avs were not in this. 
Yeah, they the Sabers. I got like we've talked about the Sabers a lot on this show. They're a good young team, and when everything starts clicking for them, they're going to be a threat in the East here. And it's slowly starting to come together for them. They add a couple more pieces. That team's going to be legit. Um, they still got to get the goaltending situation figured out, but that team's going to be legit. And you can't take them like you take them lightly like you usually do because they're they're a competitive team. They're not going to make the playoffs, but they're going to be probably what would you say around five hundred at the end of the year. I'd, I'd say that's probably fair, around 500. I mean, ev- whenever you talk about the Sabres, it's like, oh, wow, they just had this incredible performance. Then they've also just lost like three in a row. Mm-hmm. And they're fun. They're electric. They've got a lot to piece together. Would a healthy Avs team maybe get away with a performance like this against Buffalo? Probably. Yep. But I feel like that's not the point because when you play a better team, especially in the playoffs, and you have a performance like that, doesn't matter how healthy you are. This is not going to cut it. Yeah, completely agree. And it, it was like once Tage Thompson scored, you're like, okay, maybe they'll settle in a little bit. No, they went down 2 nothing, and they went down 3 nothing on a play where I kind of feel like they just got out hustled on that third goal. Like the, the play was there to be made. Granted, Jost, I think, got away with a couple hooks on Makar, but Makar was a little lackadaisical with the puck, and Sabres took that 3 nothing lead, and that goal ended up being the game-winning goal. Um and like you said, it was just kind of a lackadaisical performance from everyone on the Avs for this game. They started real slow, and that kind of been a trend for a while where the Avs have been really slow starting in first periods, and against the Sabres, it came back to bite them in the ass. Yeah, the first period was easily the worst period for the Avs in this game, and they knew it. Everybody knew it. It wasn't a secret. There was no excuses made. They knew they played like shit. They came out in the third period and looked a lot better. I mean... This is where shots do tell the story. Colorado had 17 shots in the third period. The Sabres had one, and it was an empty net goal to put the game away. He had Rantz Very reminiscent of, remember that Anaheim game during the COVID year? Yeah. Where we lost That's to exactly, Anaheim. That was exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> Very reminiscent of that. Yeah. But you had Rantanen get us on the board finally. You had Val with a beautiful setup. Rantanen gets one through Lukanen. Then Evan Rodriguez with just under 90 seconds left makes it a one-goal game. And man, this team just cannot even give us the hope of a comeback sometimes. You get you get that one, you make it a one-goal game. It's like, it's the Avs. They've got all this talent. All it takes is one more shot. You get Makar at the point. Like 30 seconds later, the only shot on goal for the Sabres in the entire third period ends up in the back of the net. It was like the Philly game. You have that ridiculous two goals to make it a one-goal game. Immediate empty netter. Can't even give us any semblance of hope for more than 15 seconds. Well, and the part that sucked about it is... After Rodriguez scored, you're like, oh, maybe you can, but I those guys were gassed. They had just had like a three-minute shift. Bednar had already used his timeout, and you could just tell they were just gassed. They, they had nothing left in the tank. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it was it, it was a brief 20 seconds of hope because I think it was literally the next face-off, and then we got the puck in their zone, and they cleared, and they scored right after that. So you really can't, like, hate. The, well, you can hate the result of the game because the abs that's a winnable game. You probably should have won, but they gave a good effort and gave it their best shot in the third period. It just wasn't enough. Yeah, it's just in the NHL, you can't play for 20 minutes. You have to play 60 minutes. I know that's incredibly basic analysis, but sometimes it really is just that simple. And they knew they played like trash. And if we recorded this after the Buffalo game, this would probably be a lot more scathing, yeah. but pretty much... The second Bednar was able to get his hands on the team, mandatory practice, things got ironed out immediately, and they come out against Nashville night and day. Completely different team. No, they didn't have the shots that they were generating against Buffalo. They didn't need them. This team was executing things way better. And the the only reason that this wasn't like a 5-1, 6-1 win, UC Soros was outstanding in this Oh, he was great. It makes you wonder, like, do you think if that playoff series, if Saros was healthy, the Sabres would maybe one game? Predators. Yeah, the Predators against the Preds? No. You don't think so? Well, look at what Connor Ingram did against us. Yeah, that's true. Is Saros going to have a Connor Ingram-like game in game two, but every single game? I mean, game, game one, the abs were not being stopped in that game. Game two, that was the Predators' chance. I mean, we had 50 shots and one goal going into overtime. Soros, I mean, is Soros to even have a game that good like Ingram did? I you don't know. I, mean, I, I just want I, I sit back and I watch him play, and I'm like, yeah, that playoff series could have gone a little bit different if I he mean, stays healthy. I do I don't doubt that 
some things would have changed, maybe they get one in Nashville. Maybe game four they take or something like that. But even then, it's just like, okay, you go five instead of four because you're, you're not you're not going into Colorado and winning that next no. game. Like, okay, you- I don't think they would have, but he he was awesome uh, last night. And the abs, I thought, that, that was one of the best full 60 minutes they played uh, yeah, I, since in a long time. I completely agree. Like this, this is a game that I look at and say, you play like this for the rest of the season, injuries or not, you're going to win a lot of hockey games. Yep. They're going to win a lot of hockey games. And that first period was crucial. They didn't turn the puck over. Eh, they, they still have an inability to clear the zone, but that, that was a plague last year too. And it worked out pretty okay for us. Um, but they were on their toes. They didn't come out sleeping. They were ready to go. Um, and they, they played the Predators to a 0-0 tie in the first period, which considering how first periods have gone for the Abs, that's a that's a win. That's a win. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it wasn't a perfect first period. I thought Nashville definitely had their opportunities. There were times they were controlling the play. But just even when the Abs are hurt, the skill difference between these two teams is immense a lot of the well, times. Well, and I mean, you look at it. We talked about it in our uh, preview show the Preds likelihood of their having those players repeat the type of performances they had last year was like one in a million. And you're seeing it now where those guys aren't producing like they were last year and they've lost what six in a row now because of it. Yeah. The predators, like they went on a nice little streak for a little while. Now they're losing a ton of games again. It's just, we can talk more about this later, but the writing's on the wall in Nashville, isn't it? I mean, yeah. yeah, you can be okay forever i guess if you really want but this team's not going anywhere anytime soon i mean ryan johansson's got 16 points duchene who i'm, I'm sure we'll talk about because yep. duchene back in colorado he's, he hasn't been terrible he's got 23 points in 29 games forsberg's 25 and 29 but it's just once you get past that there's just not a lot to love here no, and we all like praise the Nino Niederreiter signing. That's the uh, that's jury's still kind of out on that one. Ryan McDonough is he hurt? I didn't see him last night. Is he hurt? He, he is hurt. He's out for like three weeks. Him and Bor and him and Borbietsky are out. Yeah, and Niederreiter like he's he leads the team in goals with ten. Yeah, like it's not good. The the, the Predators are they're going to be a competitive team. You can't overlook them. They're going to um, they're going to play hard. They have some talent. You just need, you just need to play good hockey, and you'll beat them with the Avs. Like if you can play them that way every game, you're going to beat them every game. And we saw it in the playoffs, and we've seen it in the two games we played them so far this year. Yeah, it's just the Avs are, they're just such a different team than Nashville. And Nashville, unless the Avs just have a bad game, just can't solve them. And even even when the Avs have bad games. When was the last time Nashville just like handed our asses to us? Like in, in recent memory, at least we lost. No, it was, it was that weird COVID game. Remember that when like everyone not, was that sick? Was not a, that was not a hockey game. That I mean, kind of, that does, it technically counts as one. That game is the biggest write off of all time. Yeah, that, no, I, I don't disagree, but, but that like, was probably the, that was yeah. the last time that. Yeah. But even in the, the normal games last year, they beat us in that ridiculous overtime where they had six people on the ice and in a shootout in the final three games of the season last year before we smoked them in the playoffs. It's just the Predators do not have the facility to compete with the Avs. And even like you'd think a game like this would be better for the Predators against the Avalanche. This was full benefit for the Avs the entire way because you knew they were going to break through eventually. And maybe Nashville gets one, but if the Avs get two, game's over. Yeah. I mean, the second period I thought was the Avs' best period of the night. They came out on fire in that second period against the Predators. They broke the power play curse, which had been happening since McKinnon went out. Uh, Miko rang one off the post, gets the puck back. Saros lost his goal stick, and then Miko fired another one to get his 20th goal of the season already. Oh, yeah. Like, he's he's absurd how good Miko Ranson's been. Um but that, that power play, I thought, looked a lot better, too, in this game. Even though they only scored once, I thought they looked very, very uh, – what's the best way to put it? Um, like, coherent, even without McKinnon, as I'm yeah. trying to figure out a word to say coherent. Um, I, I thought they looked better. The puck movement was good. Uh, I thought McCarr looked dangerous on the power play for the first time in a while. Ranson obviously gets the goal. 
Uh, and then adding Lekkonen and Nachushkin back just adds even more uh, danger to it. Yeah, but, it, it definitely helps getting a lot of those pieces back. We saw Evan Rodriguez back against Buffalo, and he scores a goal in Buffalo as well in his first game back, and immediate impact against Nashville as well. And I also wanted to say about Ranton, I believe this was his, is this his 20th or his 21st goal? Might have been his 21st. I believe, it, yeah, it was his 21st goal. And so far this season, Arif tweeted this out after the, the Rantanen goal. The Avs have 86. Rantanen has scored 24% of the goals so far this season for the Avs. Love that for us. Go Flashing it back to 2017 with this team. <laughs> where It's just it's two players of, doing everything. It sort of feels that way sometimes. So Rantanen's tied with Drysdale for fifth in the league in scoring with 21 goals behind only Bo Horvat, Jason Robertson, Tage Thompson, who has just turned into the best player since Gretzky yeah. and apparently on pace to be better than Gretzky at this rate and Connor McDavid. So Ranton and he's just, you want to talk about someone stepping up when guys are out, when McKinnon's out, when Landis Gog's out, we've had our complaints about Ranton and sometimes his I hate lackadaisical. Saying, yeah, lackadaisical performances sometimes, especially like down the stretch last season. Mm-hmm. I still think something was bugging him. Nothing ever came out, but like late in the season and in the playoffs, there had to have been something. Everyone was battling something, yeah. man. <laughs> I, like no, nothing ever came out, but I I'm gonna carry that theory forever. Like something was wrong with his wrists or something that he he just wouldn't shoot in the playoffs. Yeah. And now he's shooting every time and he's scoring. Now he's towards the top of the league in goals. And just look at the patience he had on this power play. He's just he's got so much confidence right now. Yeah, he's been he's been great, and it's even scarier when you get back like even a couple of the guys like once you get McKinnon and Landeskog back, this team's going to be fine. Like they're going to be a okay as long as they can make it through these next couple weeks. Because Rantanen's playing as would you say one of the best wingers in the NHL right now, if not the best winger in the NHL right now, at very least the best right winger without question. I mean, Mitch Marner's having an absurd year, but he's technically left wing, isn't he? Isn't he Rantanen's all over? Not Ranton. I'm. I can't talk right Marner. now. Marner. Yeah, Marner's <laughs> Marner's all over the place sometimes on the ice. He's a right winger. He's a left winger. When Sheldon keeps feeling adventurous, he throws him at center. And sometimes they play him at the point. Like this, Marner plays every position. Yeah, but I mean, Miko Rantanen right now, he's not going to catch like the McDavid's and the Robertsons of the world and even the Tage Thompson's of the world. I, I mean, McDavid might score 70 goals. This yeah, year. he may. Cause he's just a fucking freak. Uh, but I don't think it's out of the question that Miko can get to 50. I really don't. Oh, I think he's going to get to 50 without question. He's going to be 50. one of the highest like scoring totals. We'll see for goals. I feel like in the past, like five, 10 years. Oh yeah. The scoring is ridiculously up right now. This, this yeah. season has just been absurd so far. And like McDavid's going to hit like 60 goals. We're going to have like probably seven or eight 50 goal scorers so far this season, at least what they're on pace for at this point. But for Rantanen, barring like setback or something unforeseen getting in his way, I mean, he's got 21 goals in 29 games right now. 50 goals is is very much on the table. And at this point, I'm fully expecting him to get there. He should. The only thing I can think of is when McKinnon comes back, he's just so pissed off that McKinnon just rattles off like a 12% shooting percentage. That's the only thing I can man, think that's of. gonna that's gonna bump up his assists, and now we're talking about a hundred points for Rantanen. Yeah, I mean he's playing at an unreal level, and the Abs need him to. Uh, and they were saying it on the broadcast last night that they just need to stay afloat right now, and that's what we've been saying the past couple weeks. Just stay afloat, stay within like four points of a playoff spot, and then you get McKinnon and Landeskog back in January. Your team's gonna be a okay, yeah. because like you'll be fine. We're two points out right now with th- two games in hand on Minnesota. We're gonna be okay. Yeah, and even then, we're in the wild card spot right now. We're ahead of Calgary by two points with two games in hand. We're one point behind Edmonton with three games in hand. And like Minnesota's on a bit of a tear right now. They're eight and two in their last 10. They've won five in a row. They're four points ahead of us. We still have two games in hand. And just once you get past Calgary, even, and they're a mess right now. The West is just not good. Anyone who is even remotely concerned about missing the playoffs, like it's it's just not going to happen. Yeah, the the abs are going to be fine, and if they keep putting performances together like they did against Nashville on Saturday, they are going to be a okay. Like I think if they play like that against the Islanders on Monday, they will win that game pretty easily. Yeah, at very least, that's going to be a fun game, and then. Yeah. 
later in the period, you're already up one nothing. Nashville can't do a ton. Closing minute of the second period, the Avs move it the other way. Nachushkin sets the whole thing up. Rodriguez finds Alex Newhook for his seventh goal this season. Like that, that that's the kind of goal that just after the last couple of weeks is just soul food, right to the soul, just a warm hug. Seeing Newhook scoring more goals, Rodriguez coming right back and contributing, Nachushkin just doing all the right things. Yeah. Like this guy does not make bad decisions. No, he doesn't. He was fantastic. And did you see that tweet from Peter uh, about Newhook? He said he he didn't have a point in the first eight games of the season. Since then, he has 12 points and seven goals in 21 games. Yeah. I mean, and for a, what, 21-year-old, that's exactly what you want to see out of a guy you're developing it. Maybe Newhook's just a slow starter. We saw this last year where he plays the first game against Chicago and they send him right down. He comes back and just immediately fits right back into the lineup. And now we're seeing it this year. He was off to a slow start. He did not look good to start the season. That's why it's an 82-game season. And now he's, is he definitive number two center? No, but we have to remember, we're relying on him a lot. He is still very young and still has a lot of room to grow. The fact that we're seeing this kind of production from him, at least semi-consistently for a 21-year-old who's hopefully going to be around this team for a long time, that's a great sign to see because now you can think about next season, maybe we can definitively slot him at second line center if he can keep this up. If he can keep it up and that goal was just a perfect shot by him and that's what it took to beat Soros in this game was a perfect shot. So hopefully we can continue to see the development of Alex Newhook. It seems like it's working pretty well. And we had talked about a couple, I think it was maybe last episode, maybe the episode before, uh, about the line of hit Newhook, Val, and Evan Rodriguez and wanting exactly, to see them play together. Exactly where I was going next. Yeah, because granted, in the first couple games of the season, when Val was healthy to start, Val was on a tear, but Rodriguez and Newhook were kind of stuck in the mud. But ever since then, we haven't gotten a chance to see that line reunite, and both Rodriguez and Newhook have kind of burst onto the scene. So I'm, I've been excited to see that line, and I think Bednar was excited to see him too because he put JT Comfort at the first center and kept that line of Rodriguez, Nachushkin, and Newhook together on the second line. And I thought they did really well. Yeah, I thought they did great together, case in point, this entire play. And you're right. It's exactly what we were waiting for. Newhook and Rodriguez were off to slow starts. Newhook has just always been that way. And Rodriguez's first few games with a new team, that seemed like – Nichushkin goes down after being like one of the top point scorers in the league. And then Rodriguez gets it going. And then Newhook gets it going. Then we lose Rodriguez. Now all of a sudden Newhook's like our second best player available. Now we have all of them back. And even when this team is healthy, I really, really like that combination together. I do too. I think they work really well with each other. And I think that uh, Nichushkin just adds... I mean, Nachushkin adds to whatever line he's going to, but the way that Rodriguez just is will shoot the puck whenever he wants. Like <laughs> Rodriguez is not afraid to shoot the puck, and Newhook has just enough playmaking of skills that I think this line is going to work really well together. Yeah, and even when this team gets healthy, until they add like another piece, maybe at center, like I have no problems with this line going forward yeah. whatsoever, and. I think the important thing is, is you get Newhook and Rodriguez a lot of chemistry together because th those are the two that I can definitively see staying together. Because Nachushkin's just, you put him anywhere and he solves problems. He's going to work anywhere. And I wouldn't, like, because what do you think when Landy comes back? You obviously are going to probably put Landy at either the wing or center. Who do you think? I, I would have to assume they bump down Newhook just based off of playmaking skills. And even with, with that, I still think adding new hook to a comfort line actually would work pretty well. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think like when Landis God comes back, he will have not played since June. So they're going to, they're going to ease him in a little bit. So I think once we get towards the end of the season, like we're the ideal team is you have the greatest line in hockey together of Landis God, Buchanan and Ranton. And that's your ideal playoff line. And then second line, uh, we talked about this in like the trade deadline previews and stuff. You have Nachushkin and whoever you have at center at that point with Lekkinen, any combination of Rodriguez, Kompfer, and Newhook at that point. Yeah, I think that works. It's just going to be like, it's weird to talk about like there's a light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to the injuries so far. 
like you're looking at it and you're like, okay, like Landeskog is only like maybe three weeks away. Yeah, but probably have. probably realistically about a month. Yeah, realistically. But like if you look at the timetable when the surgery happened and they said three months, like three months is coming up in like two weeks, I believe. So you got to assume we're probably going to start seeing him hit the ice here probably in the next week or so. Probably about that. So it's just going to be good. And then I wouldn't be shocked if like by Friday, maybe you see like a McKinnon on the ice, maybe in a red non contact. So, I mean, this team is slowly getting there. It's just, it's weird to think that there's a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And I mean, and you look at who's back already, we've kind of already gotten there. That yep. game against Boston seems so long ago now, because now we're icing legitimately good lines with NHL players on them. Like Lekkinen, Comfer, Ranton, it's not ideal. They're NHL players. Newhook, Rodriguez, Val, those are all good players. Cogliano, Myers, Logan O'Connor. It could be much worse. We've seen Ben much- Myers looked really good last I, night against the Predators. He looked I really like good. Ben Myers a lot. He's got to work on his finishing because he has one goal this season and it was absurdly lucky. Once he can figure out how to put the puck in the net, this guy's an NHLer. Yeah. He's got the speed, he's got the playmaking skills. He looked very good last night with uh, O'Connor and Cogliano. I really liked him. And we we had talked about Foodie and Houdon in previous episodes. Their roles are kind of getting diminished, which, yes, they were a good story, but we, we kind of want to see those guys back down in the AHL if everything's going right. And Myers is a player we were hopeful was going to uh, kind of blossom into his role. And through the, what, he's been up for three games now? For who? Myers. Yeah, he's been out. He's been back for three. Through three games, he's looked great. Yeah, I have nothing negative to say about Ben Myers so far. Like you said, this is the guy that we were hoping would come into this season and carve out a role on a team that probably needed some bottom six help. And, and right now, Foodie and Houdon are quote-unquote sent down to the Eagles at the moment. That's paper transaction. I'm sure they'll be back, but you can't ignore the fact that they're playing five minutes now. Yeah, but, but also, that's, that's, that's what, ideal. Exactly. That's what you want. Like, these are not permanent solutions. This is break glass in case of emergency and hope it's not gasoline at this point that they're not making problems worse. And now we prove that Foodie needs a little more time, but there's something here with him. And Houdon, he's he was something at some point. He has talent. Is he going to come in and single-handedly win you a game? No. Is he going to make stupid decisions that cost you a game? No. You can play him in a pinch for seven minutes. Even in the playoffs, if things are adding up, you know that you can put Houdon in there and you're not putting yourself at a detriment. That's well, if, Go ahead. I think Houdon has proved that he's probably going to be one of the first call-ups now because yep. let's be real here, like Martin Kaut probably just needs to stay in the AHL and just play a bunch. I mean, Houdon, you kind of know what Houdon is, so if he's playing five minutes a game, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, and Houdon... The thing is that Bednar is going to prefer Houdon every single time because he knows what Houdon is. Every single game, Martin Kaut is somebody different. And Bednar, when push comes to shove, when the games get important, is going to rely on a guy he can trust. Martin Kaut is an unfinished project right now, and we don't even know if that end result is anything above a fourth liner. Udon is, he is an extra forward that can come in and play decent. That's That's all he needs to be. Correct. And I I think like with the loss of Magna, uh, I I think that just kind of cements that it'll more than likely be Houdon is one of the first call-ups, which I'm cool with. Like I'm cool with Houdon being the first call because like you said, he's just, you know what you're getting. Like he's a little bit better version of Jason Magna, in my opinion. Yeah. I think he's a much better version of Jason Magna at this point, much more reliable. And just, I love watching Houdon play because he, he's just tries so hard. If, If the guy just had finishing ability and more stuff like that, he would definitely be in NHL. He wouldn't even be on this team. He'd still be in Montreal. Yeah. So I like Tudon. I like Ben Myers a lot. Foodie in his five minutes. I, I don't think he did anything bad. He didn't do anything great, but it, he just needs to go down and play like 20 minutes a game. Right. Foodie, Foodie has already succeeded this season. Yeah. No matter what John Luke Foodie does for the rest of the year, as long as he goes back down and plays well with the Eagles, he has succeeded way more than we ever could have predicted for him this season because now he's reserving a spot at next year's training camp for first look to make the team. Yeah. So hopefully with more guys coming back, I'm still like 
feels like Darren Helm has been skating hard for what, like three weeks now. And there's still just no like <laughs> imminent well, return for him. It, like he's still seems, in the red non-contact. It seems like he's closer than we think sometimes. I, I imagined maybe sometime in the next week we'll see Darren Helm. I mean, it's what Bednar said. It's taking a little longer than we expected, but it's also what we said at the beginning of the season before these injuries piled up like this is take your time. The regular season does not matter, especially for a guy like Darren Helm, who's been around the block and his body is not as young as it used to be. Heal up, make sure you're a hundred percent because if you're not, and you come back, you're probably threatening your career at that point, And that's not doing anybody any good. So hopefully he's back soon. But like we said, I mean, fucking fucking Ben Myers was good, man. He was really good last night and he looks like he's going to stay on that third. Well, he's going to stay up with the team is my guess. As long as everything keeps going well, Uh, that reassignment to the Eagles for, even though he got hurt and only played like five games, I think that really helped him. Um, But I guess we can put a bow tie on the third period of the Preds versus Avs games. Cause as usual, we just get super off topic, but um, that's least, just kind of what happened. At least we stayed on the abs this time. Yeah. We stay on the abs this time. So we're good there. But the third period, I thought the abs came out a little flat footed, but also I think Nashville had a greater sense of urgency in that third period. Cause like we said earlier in the show, they had lost five games in a row. They did not want to make it six. And I felt like they kind of took it to the abs for like the first, like five to eight minutes of this period. And then the Avs kind of woke back up, but it was a little bit too late because uh, my favorite player, Matt Duchesne, scores. Just I, I, I think what we need to start doing now that you can bet and just go on DraftKings and just bet every time that Duchesne is playing the Avs that he's going to score a goal. Oh, yeah. Every time. I mean, how many times has he played us now? 10, 11, and he's scored in every single one, or at least as a goal per game? Yeah. No, that's what I mean. Like you, you are going to make a pretty penny if you bet on Matt Duchesne to score a goal against the Avs because he just always does. He does it. He scores against us every time and never, ever has it been a super important goal. No. I mean, this one was a little bit more important. It was a a little bit, but it's never like, oh, Matt Duchesne scored the winner or Matt Duchesne tied the game or put his team up by two. It's like he got one. The, the, the Preds lost three to one. Matt Duchesne had the one or my, my favorite of all time is six to nothing Colorado in game one. And Matt Duchesne gets one. I think he scored twice in that game. Didn't he? He might've great. Okay. Good. He scored twice to cut the lead to seven to two at that. Yeah, no, I mean, it it wasn't the prettiest game um, for them, but he does score the most, like, I felt like the booing was down this time. Uh, it it I, was just because like it's such an old thing now. Like I'm I'm not going to talk about it again because we already yeah. had this conversation. We already hosted Duchesne this season. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about it again. But it's just like it's going to go down more and more over time, just because it's coming up. It's been over five years. Yeah, it, it was good. Did you see that interview he did, Duchesne, about the I, whole thing? I must have missed that. But yeah, he just basically was like, yeah, I mean, like hindsight's 2020 but the team at that point was not ready to be in the playoffs like i wanted to get like my contract was coming up i wanted to earn a lot of money and i didn't think i was going to be able to do that in colorado and he said that sackick pulled him into a broom closet in new york and was like hey i did this for you oh yeah i know i did i remember that quote but yeah and it was like yeah i mean like Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, but also if the Avs don't trade Duchesne, they probably aren't as good a position as they are without it. Yeah, I mean, it just it made sense to trade Matt Duchesne at yeah. this point in his career. If even if he didn't want out, he probably would have gotten traded anyway. Just Correct. It made sense for the team to do it. It just got dragged out into the public eye. He said some things that Avs fans are just not going to forget. And you know what? That's just how it rolls. Sometimes it's been five years. I think we won. I think we beat him. Yeah, I think we did too. I, he obviously, if he could have pictured that three years ago that the Avs were going to win the cup in 2022, he would have stayed. But none of us can predict the future. I mean, Joe Sackick may be able to predict the future. Oh, that, that, but Avs management's pretty good at this stuff. Yeah, they're pretty good. And it was one of the greatest trade heists of all time. So, I mean, we'll take it. But yeah, I, I thought that interview was interesting. If you get a chance to listen to it, it's not bad. I I never have had a problem with Matt Duchesne. We've talked about this. I think he's 
one of the most like misunderstood players for the Nav's perspective, but but like we've already gone down this road before, but yeah, it was just a very, uh, very insightful interview that if you get a chance, go listen to it. It was on a podcast I'd never heard of, but it gives me hope that maybe we can get one of those guys on our show one time. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to think like, man, why don't we ever try this? Yeah, maybe we should. Maybe we should start sliding in some DMs. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. Matt Duchesne scored to make it 2-1. And then it got a little got a little tight, but I feel like the Avs, the rest of that third period, I thought they created a ton of chances. Yeah. I mean, Erod I mean, had that beautiful spinning breakaway shot that almost went in. Um, and I, I didn't, never really felt in danger after that goal. I didn't really. The only time I felt in danger was like Soros is playing so well yeah. right now. All it takes is one for Nashville right now. We should we should have two goals in this period alone right now. He's playing out of his mind. He's been playing out of his mind. Nashville only needs one lucky bounce. That's that's the only danger I felt in his Nashville is in striking distance to get lucky because of sorrow so far at this point. And I felt fine about the rest of it. I didn't I never had any doubts that we were going to to win this game or anything like that, but maybe Nashville could drag it to overtime late. And they pushed with the net empty. They looked good with the net empty. They had some good chances, but Georgiev, who we haven't talked about yet, was really good in this game. Our goalies have just been really good lately. Again, Georgiev makes a huge save late. And that like that's just what this team needs sometimes is just make the saves. Make the saves you need to make. Give us a chance. That's all we need. That's all we need. And yeah, like you said, I feel like Georgiev's kind of been getting the raw end of the deal in these past couple games like that Sabres game he was in net I don't think he played bad in that game I just think like that Tage Thompson goal there was nothing he could do the second one I'm trying to remember who scored the second one for the Sabres Tuck Tuck I don't recall that being oh I was on the power play I mean it was was a rebound right in front yeah yeah, it was a power play I mean there wasn't much Georgiev could do you can't get mad at a goalie in a game like that where the team is just they're not playing their best and you you need your goalie to bail you out from a, a terrible defensive performance. Like maybe you want one or two of those saves, but like so what at that point? Yeah, and I mean that third one, like we said, that was just another lax days of play. But in this game against Nashville, he got he had one lucky break where it went off the post. But other than that, he was rock solid. And that save he made in the last minute was out of this world. So I'm really happy with Georgiev. I'm happy with Francis. Like this team's going to be a okay. I'm not worried at all. Um, and it was just good to get Georgiev a win. I think I think he deserved a win. Yeah, it's surprisingly been a minute since Georgiev had a win. He'd gone his last, I believe, four games without a win. His last win was against Buffalo in a game where he wasn't particularly good. Like so, it's really been since against Dallas, the last game against Dallas, where we were like, "Wow, Georgiev, what a great game!" Yeah, it, it, he needed that, and he got it. And I was uh, I was happy for him. And to all the listeners, I'm sorry if you hear snoring. Iggy's like, my dog's laying right under me and I'm trying to wake her up. But uh, yeah, if there's snoring involved, I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was uh, I was happy with Georgiev. I, he deserved that win. I still, yeah, you're right. It probably had been since that Buffalo game that he had gotten a win. So it was good for him to get one. It kind of reminded me of Frankie earlier in the year. Where, like Frankie wasn't playing bad. He was just getting left out to dry in these terrible games where the Avs played like shit. Uh, and that kind of felt like what Georgiev was going through, but gets the win. Kale McCarr gets an empty net goal to give the Avs a 3-1 win. Good for Kale McCarr, too, to get off the schneid a little bit. He had been, what was it, like 12 games without a goal? Like, it had been a minute since he had yeah. scored a goal. It'd been a minute. It's it's really been a minute since Kale McCarr had, like, a real Kale McCarr-like game. Yeah. And you, you could tell that he was due for one. Maybe this wasn't exactly that, but it was close enough for me. I mean, Kale looked like himself again in this game. Yeah, except where you almost thought he got hurt. Where you, he almost, he yeah, he where, who, who are some of these people on Nashville? Like, I, I consider myself pretty in tune with hockey a lot of the times. I was looking at this lineup for Nashville and asking, who are some of these people? I don't know who these people are. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, I just know Tanner Janot just because he's a dirty bitch. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd had no idea. I thought McCarr like legit got hurt, but he came back and he was fine. So yeah, like, I, I got so confused. It was like, oh, C. Smith, Craig Smith, right? No, it's Cole Smith. Sure, I guess. I don't. Okay, that's <laughs> that's a real person, I guess. Could didn't Craig me. Smith get put on waivers today? Did he? I think so. 
I've not been up to date on the the Craig Smith lore, but where even is he right? I don't even know where Craig He's Smith. Boston. Is. Oh, that's right. I don't think he got put on waivers, did he? I saw someone on Boston got put on waivers today. It might have been Craig Smith. Well, I will very quickly try to <laughs> find that, but yeah, I think I think he was put on waivers today. Uh, but overall, I mean, good win for the Avs. They needed it. They got it, and it was one of the more complete performances we've seen in a while from them. Yeah, I mean, th- this was the kind of game that, like, I love to see performances like this. Not a super high-scoring game. You had the opposing goalie play great, but it was just execution was all there tonight. All the cylinders were firing. The team just looked damn good. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. And if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into big payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. They look damn good. They needed the win. They got the win. And I'm just hoping they can repeat that performance against the Islanders. Because... You look at this week again, like the Islanders is probably the toughest game on the schedule. Uh, going to Nashville is tough. It's just always tough playing in Nashville. I mean, granted, if a water pipe doesn't burst, that game's going to happen. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't really think that this team should lose a game this week. I really don't. No, I mean, and ideally, you obviously never want to lose a game, but especially against the Islanders, like the Islanders are are always going to be a tough game they're not they're not the greatest team in the league they're not even close to the worst team in the league they're always going to be hanging around playoff contention and they're just going to be a tough team to solve Sorokin has not been great lately as my fantasy team will tell you that's (laughs) that's the only reason I know that but he hasn't been great the Islanders have been kind of struggling because of it they've fallen out of the playoff race and the Caps are back in at the moment yeah they're four five and one and they lost to the Coyotes yeah, they lost. They lost to the Coyotes, and uh, <laughs> but then they go and beat Vegas. And the then next they go night. and beat Vegas the next night because that's just how hockey works sometimes. Yeah. But I mean, we saw it against the Islanders when we played them in New York. You can't give them anything. Granted, this one is in Colorado and not in Long Island anymore. But look what happened when we gave the Islanders just a little bit of life in the first game. You've got to shut this team down for sixty minutes. We have the skill to do it. The Islanders do not have the skill to compete with the abs, even when they are injured like this. But if you let the Islanders back in, then this game could get out of hand quick again, like we saw earlier. It could, but I think like with how banged up the abs are, like we're going to play more of an Islanders type game. Don't yeah. you think? Well, that, well, I completely, I think that's exactly what's going to happen, but I'm giving the edge to the abs in terms oh, of yeah. who can play it better. The Islanders, the Islanders play Islanders hockey better than anybody. But the Avs have a system that works perfectly well for them, as evidenced by the banner hanging in Ball Arena. And they're just a more talented team. Correct. So I I think that the Avs, this is probably going to be, it's going to be a tight game. It's going to be a fun one, but I do think they're going to get it done. Uh, We're going to talk a lot more about it uh, because that's the only game we can talk about when we're recording the episode uh, for Wednesday's show. But I, I really do think that the Avs could take advantage of Sorokin not being the greatest. I think this is the final game of the road trip for the Islanders, so they're going to be looking to get home, I believe. So you can kind of take advantage of that. But overall, like this is a very winnable game, and if you win this one, you should beat Montreal on Wednesday. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Yeah. Um, well, that that Montreal has big potential to be a trap game. Oh, Mo- Montreal yes. is trap game central the entire season, not just for the Avs, but for every team because they're not bad this year in the in the entire atlantic division i can't really say that there is a bad team the senators have been on fire lately the sabers are such a dangerous team every night and the habs like they're just they're just having fun with it right now they're not super stressed like if we get a top pick again and we get like mishkov or Connor bedard like we're we're chilling right now and if we're good and happen to be like 
even somewhat around the playoff race, that's fine with us too. They're just, I don't want to say carefree because they're not, but they're competitive. They're fun. And so if you, if you like, let's say you pick up a good win against the Islanders and you're looking ahead to Nashville, that could be one this team surprisingly drops. And after the Buffalo game, I doubt they have another one that quickly, but it is a possibility. Montreal's it's, not the joke they were last year. No, they're like Suzuki's good. Cole Caulfield's been on a tear. Um, Slavkowski hasn't been great. Their decor he's, isn't that. He's 18. Yeah, their defense isn't that good. Like their, it their, is, their defense is full of made up people. Yeah, like the, it's going to be an interesting game. But what are your thoughts on the Islanders game? What, what, give me a score prediction for it. I mean, I feel like I always say the score, but three to two, the Abs win in overtime. I I think this is going to be a really fun, tight checking. I know tight checking games aren't always fun, but I think this is just going to be really smart hockey on both sides. Both sides get two. The Avs just get the edge in overtime, and you finally, finally see a Val winner. Yeah, I think I'm going to go 2-1 in regulation Avs. I think this is going to be a super low-scoring game, and I think Georgiev or Francois is going to have a good game, and the Avs are going to find a way to uh, get those two points in regulation. I mean, I, I certainly hope they do, but our, our games against the Honors always tend to be pretty high scoring for some reason, high scoring and exciting at times. So I think we're due for a lower scoring one, but I still think this is going to be a, a very fun game and one that we look back on and be like, that's a, that's a really good win. Both teams played really well, but the abs deserved it, or at least I hope so. I'm not, I hoping. hope so. We uh, also, the abs could just blow the Islanders out. There's that possibility. Yeah, there's, always, there's that possibility. There's also the possibility that everyone gets sick and we lose seven, nothing like there, yeah. everything's a possibility. Like we saw everything's on the table. I mean, after the, the few days that we've seen in the NFL, can you take anything off the table right now? It's what we saw in, in the world cup today. I, I don't. Yeah. The world cup was crazy. I woke up early for that, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun. The abs are, the abs are slowly starting to get, uh, the H word. I'm not going to say it cause I don't want to jinx it. Um, but they're slowly starting to get the H word. And once this team gets back, they're going to be fine. And I don't think the stars are really running away with the comp division. Like, like everyone says there, I, I, I still think the stars team's very beatable. I really do. Yeah, the stars are very beautiful. And honestly, it's not the stars I'm worried about. Like Winnipeg just has a vibe about them at the moment that they've kind of figured things out, but now they're dealing with some injuries at the moment. Like I think Schmidt's out for a little while. Wheeler just got surgery. And I think the Jets are good. They're going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to pull enough away from us that we really need to be concerned all that much. Like yeah. Dallas, to, Dallas to me is just, they're better than they usually are, but they're still the stars. They are yeah. still relying a lot on Ottinger. If Robertson cools down, which he has a little bit lately, he's, he's just not on the ridiculous point streak anymore. I'm not saying he's been bad, but... They're relying very heavily on Jason Robertson. Jamie Benz cooled down. Sagan's cooled down. They're coming back down to earth. Probably still top three, maybe. The Wild have been getting better. Like Someone's going to get squeezed out of there. I don't think it's going to be the Avs at all. I I still think we're winning this division. Well, and see, here's the thing too. Like the Wild, they're getting insane goaltending performances from Philip Gustafson. Is that going to last? No chance. We we, we know what Philip Gustafson is. I wrote him when he was hot at... uh, Ottawa and won a couple games, but he's going to cool down eventually. Mark Andre Fleury's thirty-eight years old. Like, is he going to be able to keep up this performance? I I don't think the Wild are as scary as they used to be. Obviously, they added Ryan Reeves, so everyone thinks they're big and bad. But if you like look at their games, like they haven't played any tough teams these past couple weeks. Like, I, I don't recall a signature win for them. Yeah, like they beat the Red Wings without Dylan Larkin. Then they beat the who they beat today, the Senators. And they beat the Senators. So the last. They've been, they were just on a four game homestand and they beat the Oilers two to one. They beat the mm-hmm. Red Wings four to one. They beat the Blackhawks four to one. And today they beat the Senators four to two. Like, cool. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they, they won the games they were supposed to win. I don't think that team's scary. I, I, I'm just not worried about them. And they're we've a talked about season team. Like, yeah. we can just say it. they're a regular season team. Kaprizov is excellent. I think Kaprizov is one of the best wingers in the league. Zuccarello is on a big point streak right now. After that, this team really does not scare me. No. no, they don't. They don't have the defense. They've never. They've really never had the defense, and I don't believe in their depth. I don't believe their goaltending is going to save them because, as we've seen, it can't. Philip Gustafson's going to cool back down, and Mark Andre Fleury's sub nine hundred this season. Like the the guy is old. He's not going to save you. 
And Ryan Reeves is literally the definition of a paper tiger. The guy does nothing. He doesn't. He he does nothing, but he talks a lot, so people yeah, think it's, he's good. It's this. It's the equivalent of just like setting up a cardboard like ghost outside of the opponent's locker room that just says "boo." Yeah, like, you're just we need to Curtis him. back. We need Curtis back for a game against him, so he can beat him again. But it's just, um, man, that like that move for the wild just made me roll my eyes so much because like of course they did. You you would think you need Ryan Reeves to solve your problems. Yeah, I, I don't get it, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, and we've talked about the Blues. The Blues are the Blues, and I think there's more smoke and fire where we're talking about Tarasenko and O'Reilly getting traded. I don't know if you saw – I always butcher his name, Frank Cervelli. Yeah, Cervelli. Cervelli. Yeah. Cervelli. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he, uh, he said that, that Tarasenko is more than likely going to get moved and that O'Reilly, they're having discussions about it. And holy shit, Jacob Truba scored his first goal of the year. Second, he scored last night. Oh, he scored, damn. Yeah. All right. Sorry, off topic. But yeah, I'm, I'm if, watching. I'm watching the same game you are. But yeah. Gone. But if uh, if they move Tarasenko and O'Reilly, this team's just folding on the year. Like, yeah. I mean, Ka- I mean, Kairu's their guy of the future. Kairu yeah. and Thomas is going to be their duo. And right now, the Blues are 500, and I think that is generally where they're going to remain. Grant, to be fair, they're three points out of the playoffs because the West is not good. They have a shot to make the playoffs. It's not over for them yet. But there's just there's not a lot of reason to believe in them right now. They just seem kind of out there at the moment. Well, it'd be bad asset management to keep both of them because you can't resign both of them, right? It'd just be bad asset management on St. Louis's part. And like, and let's say you do get in, and you play the Abs or Vegas in the first round. You've seen how that story goes against the Abs, and now you're a worse team. Are you really relying on the Jordan Bennington injury? that hard that you are going to jeopardize the future of your team just for nothing to lose in five or six games in the first round. Like it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but they're going to be close enough that they could delude themselves into it. I agree. But like, that's just bad asset management. My part, like you have to build for the future. If you're St. Louis and, You've signed some bad people to some not bad people. You've signed some bad contracts. Yeah, Bennington, like, you can argue. Yeah, uh, true. But even like the fucking Colton Pareko's of the world, like you're locked up with him. You, you can't move that contract. So um, it'll be interesting to see what the Blues do. But like you said, the Avs are going to be fine. Like we're we're okay. Like if maybe if we were like ten points out of a playoff spot right now, I'd be worried. But we're not. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's like we're we're in the playoffs right now after what is going to age as our worst stretch of the season in early December, the team's only going to get better. They're only going to rise more and more up the standings. And you know what? It's what we said. The regular season really does not matter. As long as this team is in the top three, really, that's all I really care about. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be a wild card team, but it's not the end of the world. They are. And even then I, when this team's healthy, I just don't see that path at all outside of just bad, bad hockey and more injuries, the really the worst I can realistically see them going is second. Having home ice in the first round, probably against Minnesota or Dallas. Like if there's a team that's going to win this division, it's probably Winnipeg just because they kind of have that new coach thing going right now. They're getting good production from everyone. They've got Connor Hellebuck. If they can add a good defenseman at the deadline, I think that makes them dangerous, but... I'm not too concerned about going into Winnipeg the same way I wasn't super concerned about Calgary or Minnesota last year. Like teams sometimes just have seasons like this where they're better than expectations. They have good regular seasons and everyone forgets about the team that won last year and performs better in the playoffs. And then the Jets, they play, I don't know, let's say they play Seattle in the first round and it goes seven. And then they go to the second round and they play the Av and they get smoked. Yeah, it, it's very reminiscent of what the Flames did last year. Yeah, I mean, opinion. it's not even just the Flames. It's it's a tale as old as time. The Avs did it several years ago as well. Sure. It's all, like almost every team has had a season like this at some point. I'm not saying the Jets are not good and that they don't deserve the success they're having, but we have seen seasons like this before, and they do not have the defensive depth for me to say, oh, I'm scared. I'm scared of this team. The, the Hellebuck scares the shit out of me. 
but I don't even know. Hellebuck does this. I feel like he starts the year strong and then he ends up playing like 70 games in the regular season. And then yeah. his legs are just gone. Yeah. Yeah. That's always true with Hellebuck. I mean, do you even know who their, their backup goalie is right now? Riddick. David yeah. Riddick. Dave, Dave Riddick, who is an 893. Yeah. Has played. You don't just give me a guess how many games he's played. Don't Five. Look. Six. Yeah. Played six games out of 30 so far. So yeah, that's a good point. Connor Hellebuck. I hope his legs are ready for the bombardment he's going to face. And when we get to the playoffs and teams start to expose that defense a lot more, it's going to be tough sailing. I hope, I hope for the Jets' sake, he's up to the task. He probably will be, but if he's a 9-10, is that going to cut it? Yeah, I don't know. So it'll be fine. I, I just I just want the Avs to get healthy and we'll be good. That's all I want. And just keep it close. That's exactly what they've done. Stars are going to have a stars run where they lose like six or seven because that's just what the Dallas Stars do. And the Jets are an older team and they're starting to get banged up again already. So we'll we'll be good. Yeah, I'm not worried. Yeah, and Minnesota's Minnesota. They're all, they're always going to have points in the regular season where they look good and everybody's going to be like, oh, this could be the year. They do not have the depth in any position for me to be worried about them at all. We've seen Kaprizov, and we've seen Kaprizov try to carry this team. In the playoffs, all the Blues needed to do was lock onto him, and it was over. Yeah, that's all they had to do, and they were fine. So I'm watching this. Is Shane Wright playing in the World Junior Cup? Yeah. What? Isn't he? Or am I wrong? No, he is. I'm just seeing it on TV, and I'm like, wait, wasn't he playing with the fucking... I mean, that's probably best for him. So totally off topic. But I just saw that. I was like, is this a flashback? But... Yeah, he was named the captain of the Team Canada. Yeah, that's right. He was. I mean, it, it makes sense for Wright. They're not playing yeah. a ton. I mean, yeah, that's just weird. I wouldn't have expected that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, abs are going to be fine. I don't really have, like, is there any other NHL news we have to cover? I mean, not particularly. I mean, we can talk about the Devils and how they've lost five in a row and the Magic looks like it's running out. Now they're tied with Carolina. Pittsburgh's only four points behind them. Uh Anyone willing to revise any Devils predictions or are they going to bounce back from this? I think they'll be okay. like, I've watched a lot of their games recently. Like they aren't playing necessarily bad. It's just like all the puck luck they were getting is going away and their goalies are letting in some soft goals. So I still think they're a playoff team. Are they even close to the same stratosphere as the Bruins, the Hurricanes and even the Penguins? I, I don't think so. I don't think so either, but I mean, they're playing well enough that I think they're going to be fine, but this is where we're going to find out what the Devils are. If this gets up to a seven, eight game losing streak, I'm really going to have my doubts about this team. But if they can turn it around and rattle off a couple more wins in a row and not even like solidify first, but like solidify a playoff spot, solidify you are a top three team in the Metro, I can believe in them a bit, but because this can sometimes happen where a team just gets hot for a little while and then they just cool off. And I mean, it's like the Sabres from, yeah. what was that, three years ago? Yeah, it was 2018, I believe. Yes. I mean, the De- and the Devils also did this in 2018, I believe. Not yeah. to this extent, but they were they were winning the Metro for a good portion of the season, cooled off towards the end, made the playoffs by a point. This was before Jack Hughes. This was Heischer's rookie season, I believe, and got absolutely smoked by Tampa in the first round. I mean, honestly, this could be the best case scenario for the Devils if they cool off because then they won't be stupid and make a dumb trade for something that's like a rental. Yeah. Uh, What did I say two episodes ago? Tarasenko? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe this is the best thing because then hopefully they get some playoff experience and you continue to build the young team and you don't just blow up the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, they're going to make the playoffs and they're going to make a move at the deadline, but like trading a first should be off the table for 100% right now. Like, Get get some guys that can help round out this lineup. Like you want to have a shot if you're going to make the playoffs, especially in a, a division as good as the Metro. You want to make sure you're as secure as you can be. But no matter what, as long as the Devils are playing meaningful games and can be in a playoff series, this it's going to do wonders for their core. But yeah. now now the pressure's on because they had that ridiculous winning streak, and it's not a Cinderella story because now they're at the top of the league, and if they lose this, it's a choke. Big time choke, big time choke. But I mean, like, still got a good goal differential. Like, I think we all knew that Carolina was better than New Jersey. We all knew that. It was just yeah. 
I, that's why, that's why I stuck with Carolina, number one. Even when the Devils were at their peak, I'm just like, Carolina is really good, and the yeah. Devils are really young. Let's see how they do when they lose a couple of games. And, and let's it. be real, they still have Vitek Banachek as their number one goalie. Like, let, let's be yeah. real here. Yeah, I mean, it was bound to come down to earth eventually. Are they still a playoff team? I, I think so. It's really hard to go on that winning streak and miss the playoffs. I think they're going to be fine enough to make it. It's just a matter of where. They're only four points ahead of the Penguins. And man, the Penguins, they look good as much as it Never takes. say die, man. They they just look good. I mean, the, the whole Metro outside of Philly and Columbus just looks real good right now. The Caps look like a completely different team right now. They're going to get healthier. Oops, oh, she's hurt again. But Backstrom's coming back soon. Wilson's coming back soon. They're not out of this yet. I think they're they're one point behind the Islanders for a second wild card spot and only three points behind the Rangers. If they if they can keep winning, the Caps are very much going to be in this race all the way down to the wire. There's six good playoff teams in the Metro. I'd agree. Like The Metro is the best division in hockey, and your Caps are – Slowly coming back to life, uh, Ovechkin's goal, crazy goal streak kind of ended, and he's gone cold the past two games. Yeah, but, a, a, uh, grand, a grand total of two games, and he's yeah. freezing cold. He's saving yeah. it for the Red Wings game. Agreed. But, uh, yeah, the Metro's really good. Devils, they'll figure it out, but still, like, I'm, yeah. I, 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 I think we all kind of saw this coming with them, but I didn't expect them to lose five in a row this quick. Yeah, I mean, it, it it happens over the course of the season. In a two-game season, the Avs have had points in time where they lose games in a row, four or five in a row sometimes. It's how you come out of it. If the Devils come out of this and they rattle off, they go 7-2-1 and one in their next stretch. I I will be on board with this team. But if they come out of this and they're like 4-6-500, I'm going to question this team pretty heavily as being really young and needing a lot of experience still because they are young they're a young team and their goaltending is is not great they've built a good core and they're going to be good for a while but we're talking about this year right now can they still do this so we'll see they kind of remind me like are they not like they're not the seattle kraken but don't they kind of like give the same type of vibes yeah, I mean, the Kraken are just good vibes all around because they don't have the talent that the Devils have whatsoever. But the crap, man, I really hope the Kraken make it. Like, they've cooled down, like, a lot lately. Yeah. They're 5-5 five and five in their last stretch, which was going to happen. Yeah. But they're still in right now because nobody in the Pacific really wants a playoff spot at the moment, it seems. Yeah, I mean, even Vegas, I feel like, hasn't been playing that great yeah, at hockey. They, granted, been granted very- Eichel's out. Yeah, Eichel's hurt. Their injuries are starting to pile up again. They've been pedestrian, but like, man, I I really talked up the Pacific coming into this in this year. It's competitive for all the wrong reasons. Wrong reasons. The teams like are just how bad. how on earth is LA still like comfortably in the playoffs? Oh, LA is bad, dude. They I, are a bad I, hockey team. They are shocking. Like they've given up the the third most goals in the league, only ahead of Anaheim and Columbus, and. Like, I didn't think the Kings coming into this season would be this, we need to outscore our problems team. No, I didn't either. And it's like, but it's also like Jonathan Quick is what, 37, 38 years old too? And Cal Peterson's regressed significantly. It's not even Cal anymore. It's Phoenix Copley. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they they just can't get a save when they need one. Yeah, and Phoenix Copley is a 904 and... Four and one, because that's all the Kings have needed is just someone to stop a fucking beach ball recently. And I'm I'm fascinated to see how the rest of the season goes for them, because surely it can't get worse. And they're already in like they're how are they 11th in the league? How do they have 39 points? <laughs> how many games have they played? They played like 33 games, right? Yeah, they played 34, which I think is they've played the most games in the league. When you go to points percentage. They're like with the Islanders, Oilers, and the Caps at the moment. Yeah. Like they are not, I mean, they're minus 10 goal yeah. differential right now. They have 112 goals and they're minus 10. Yeah. So, yeah, the West sucks. The Avs are going to be a okay. Yeah. Um, but is there any other NHL news you got? Not really. I think we've covered just about all of it for the moment. I mean, the Ducks have won two straight regulation games. Let's fucking go, baby. For them, they're up to a grand total of three on the season. 
Uh, the Blackhawks are now somehow worse than them. Just a masterful tank job so far for them. Very good. Hard. And they're going to trade Taves and Kane here soon. Yep. So They're going to trade them both here soon. And man, like this season is just so fascinating. Like you usually at this point in the season, you have a pretty solid idea of where things are going to shake out. I feel like it's only that way in like the Atlantic at the moment, Boston, Toronto, Tampa, that's what's going to be in the top three. And Florida is okay. Detroit, Buffalo and Ottawa are going to battle for outside of playoff positioning. I think I feel like that division's kind of, shaken out the way it's supposed to everything else is just wide open you have no idea what's going on i'm telling you man the panthers are going to be sellers at the trade deadline i'm telling you i i, I believe you i just don't think it's going to be reinhardt or bennett you don't think bennett gets moved i think they're too stubborn to move some of the guys with term at the moment fair that's a fair point and like they just won the president's trophy they just traded for matthew kachuk they're gonna look at this and be like it's just it's a it's a down year I think they'll trade some people, but probably not any of the big names. Yeah, that'd be cool if they could if the Avs could snag Reinhardt though. I, I love Sam Reinhardt. That'd be really cool, but doesn't seem like it's gonna happen. So let's get ready for the Islanders. Um, and once again, we're sorry for the episode being a little delayed, but we hope you all enjoy. Yeah, I mean, my semester is ending, so like it is like the heat of finals at the moment so i am i don't miss finals man i am swamped i'm <laughs> working at the ravens every game day and during the week i'm studying i'm writing essays i'm doing my stuff at internships and everything's like i i am busy and i needed to make sure i was getting more than four hours of sleep so i hope you guys can forgive me for getting this out late sunday instead of midnight it's not going to affect anything we're going to be back to our normal schedule i mean maybe once football season ends we'll go back to our original original schedule but we'll figure all that out yeah that's a future us problem yeah so we'll figure all that out once again thank you all so very much for tuning in to another edition of the tell it abs it is podcast on the hockey podcast network use promo code tell it abs it is on SeatGeek for 20 dollars off your first order of 50 dollars or more thank you to everybody who has used the code Lately, Avs have some important games coming up against the Islanders, the Habs, and a couple weeks or about a week and a half against the Kings and a really fun New Year's Eve matchup against the Toronto Maple Leafs. That is sure to be a barn burn, just like it is every single time we play the Leafs. I'm looking at SeatGeek right now. Tickets are $28 right now for uh, the Islanders game. So go use promo code TELEDAVS's first time. Get $20 off your first purchase of $50 more. You can literally get a ticket for $8. Yeah, you, you can get two tickets right now and spend a total of less than you would spend on one beer. Yeah, uh, you're right. It would be less than less than a beer. So yeah. promo code comes in clutch. Just make sure you check it out. Yep. So again, promo code Teledabs it is for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. Great way to support the show and a great way to just for you to save some money because we love you guys. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore belay, and you can follow the show at tell it as it is. And we will be back on time next time for a Wednesday release recording Tuesday after the Islanders game should, should be nothing getting in the way so far as I'm speaking right now, you never know in the future, but we will catch you all next time. But until then let's go abs.